Oh, I had to give y'all some suspense real quick. Hey, 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 what's up, y'all? It's your boy. It's your host. It's the guy that's here once again. I'm not going to say Return of the Mac because uh, I wouldn't want to play the song and copyright and all that. That's that's going to squash that. But what's good, y'all? It's your boy, Kingston Robinson, the host, the guy that runs the voice of fandom podcast. We are here once again. This is episode two. And uh, I have to say, I did not expect the, I did not expect the response that this got from episode one. Um, We had a few live people come in uh, from around the world, actually, uh, but also from the shares, the communication, um, the tweets, the Facebook posts, the DMs to want to get on the show. Um, and then also the the companies that have uh, come forward and want to be a part of this. I mean, I, I didn't expect it to happen this fast. Uh, so with that being said, uh, we're going to constantly up this to make this better, to make this a, a bigger production, a bigger thing uh, than the last episode. So expect... Um, better things to happen as this thing grows. I want to be able to grow as, as much as the demand is following. And if it's just us here shooting the shit about sports, wrestling, uh, music, pop culture, whatever, then that's what we're going to do. I, I mean, I, um, I, like I said, I'm just surprised on how this is going. I mean, as of right now, we are already doubled in what we were doing. Um, and that was just Tuesday and it's now Thursday. Um, so I am very thankful for all of that. Also big update. And I wanted to get this out first, um, at the end of the show Tuesday, um, I immediately started working immediately started talking to some people. Um, and we are getting some more things rolling as far as audio as well. So, uh, when it comes to the finished product of the show, which this is just the live portion. But when it comes to the finished product of the show, there will be a brand new sparkly intro and outro to every single thing. So for my live viewers, unfortunately, you're going to hear the non-copyrighted music that is a part of the live show. But if you tune in on now, on now, which is available, if you tune in on, you know, Apple Podcasts or maybe, you know, uh, Spotify Or, you know, you got an iOS and you can download the KCPN app. You can find me on there. So you you don't just have to be on Podbean to be able to listen to the show. Now, you do have to be on Podbean to be able to interact, be in the chat, uh, call in for callers, things of that nature. But to listen to the show, live playback, all those things, it will be hosted by the Kansas City Podcast Network. and it will be available anywhere that you listen to your other podcast. So now you can jump on Spotify, search the voice of fandom podcast. It's going to be there. <laughs> you can now go to your Apple podcast and do the exact same thing. Um, so that is something that I'm very excited uh, to say. I didn't think it would happen this fast and it did. So first, just a few shout outs. One really big shout out, Total Sports, Kansas City. I am baffled. 
I just got to say, I, I plugged them several times on my last show. I'm going to plug them again. If you are a fan of any Kansas City sports, especially the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, come on. They're, they're not repping Chiefs Kingdom better than anyone else. If you are looking for signed memorabilia of any sorts, whether if it's a mini helmet, a football, a jersey, they can take care of it for you. Uh, I got a signed Dante Hall. Yes, Dante Hall, the X Factor, the human joystick. Signed Dante Hall jersey at my doorstep last night. I ecstatic. I mean, it goes. I mean, come on. Signed Tyreek Hill. Signed Damian Wilson. Now signed Dante Hall. Um, their newest exclusive signing is just with uh, Dustin Colquitt, longtime punter. Put up plenty, plenty of bombs for us, uh, flipping the field in uh, tremendous ways. He punted for us for a very long time. It is very different to see him now with the Steelers, but they just did a signing with Dustin Colquitt, and all of that is up on their website. So Total Sports Kansas City, big shout out to you guys. Now let's get started with what the hell is going on. And you know what's crazy? As much as I said, I was not going to give any more airtime to the Falcons. As much as I said, I gave them way too much of my attention and that that'll probably be the most attention that I give them. What do they go and do? They went (laughs) and found a way to burn down their facility even more than what was going on on just Tuesday. Now, if you haven't heard, the Atlanta Falcons have now confirmed four positive COVID-19 tests. And with that, they are shutting down their facility as of right now due to the outbreak. And now they have to go through the contact tracing and all of those things to be able to figure out, you know, where it's coming from, who all has it, all those things. Same thing uh, or very similar thing to what the Tennessee Titans had to go through. Now, I even said, The Tennessee Titans may not be a tightly run ship because of the outbreak and how it is not even close to similar to what any other team is going through. And just like what the Atlanta Falcons like to do, they just, you know, (laughs) decided to collapse right in the fourth quarter and that like, uh, you know, no one's going to take the disappointment award better than them. So now they have four confirmed cases, probably more to come, um, honestly, because we all know usually the day that it comes out um, that people have confirmed testing, uh, there's a few more to trickle, trickle around. I, I'm just, I'm just baffled in how the Falcons can continue to do this exact same thing over and over again. Now, granted, granted, this could be, Well, maybe after firing Dan Quinn, uh, firing their GM, they're just like, well, you know, fuck it. Like we we have no reason to be disciplined. We have no reason to, uh, you know, be as strict as we were before, because now obviously our franchise is uh, trickling down the tubes. So, yeah, I'm going to go out and party or, yeah, I'm going to go out and eat some wings or, yeah, I mean, obviously... (laughs) the uh, Melvin Gordon from the Broncos felt the same way. Because if you don't know, uh, he got arrested for a DUI 
out and about, drunk, and behind the wheel. So apparently, these franchises that just do not care, their players have obviously felt that same exact vibe. And you get things like this when the ship is sinking. And you would expect that one ship that would be sinking and turning into a clusterfuck would be the Jets. But we'll get to the Jets in a second because one of their star players, probably the last star player that they have, uh, was released yesterday. And we're going to talk about that because that runs right into some Chiefs talk. And a lot of my... uh, (laughs) (laughs) A lot of my fellow Chiefs fans are a little upset that I almost neglected talking about the Chiefs for the entire time last show, and there's a very good reason why, but we'll get to that in a second, because we're we're talking about these Falcons that, for some reason, is getting so much airtime on this show, and I don't get it. Now, what, what do you do? What do you... Okay, you shut down your facility. You are now in a situation where maybe maybe this is your you know little head start to rebuild. Maybe why the facility is shut down and the only thing that players can do is stay at home and then go to the facility to get tested and then go back home. Maybe this is your time for your front office to start getting things together. Start looking at who's going to be your new head coach. Start looking at who's going to be your, your next GM. Maybe start looking at what you're going to do with your star athletes. Are you going to keep them? Are you going to build your team around them? Are you going to ship them out, shop them off to get first, second, third round picks to start to build for your next regime later? Like what, what is your decision that you're going to do as the Atlanta Falcons? I saw something very interesting uh, on Facebook. Somebody happen to say that Atlanta Falcons fans are misguided because they want to get rid of Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan is the best Atlanta Falcon. That's what was said. The best Atlanta Falcon. Now, if there's any Falcons fans listening live, if there's any Falcons fans that happen to listen Once this is posted on the KCPN network, I would love for you to comment. I would love for you to enter the chat. I would love for you after the noon hour, when we open up the call in window for, for you to call in. And I want, I want to talk about is Matt Ryan the best Atlanta Falcon? Because if you didn't listen to the last episode, (laughs) I couldn't even fathom giving him that kind of compliment, especially of the athletes that have come out of Atlanta. But he said that Matt Ryan is the best Atlanta Falcon. And I, I don't know what to say about that, but Atlanta, you're in a conundrum, but, but we see, we see that shutting down your facility And mm, taking a pause on things somehow translate into wins. (laughs) Because 
we saw on a Tuesday night football game where the Tennessee Titans just stomped all over the Buffalo Bills. How it happened, I have no idea. But the one thing I was right about, because I honestly said that the Bills would run over the Titans, I said that teams are going to play the Titans a little harder due to the inconvenience the Titans have put on the league. Now the Falcons have taken the Titans' spot. And the Titans show that even with 16 days, 16 days of basically pausing your football activity, they had to shut down their facility. They had to cause different teams to rearrange their schedule, switch bye weeks, play games on this day and that day. They caused all of that. And everyone was looking at the, at the Titans like, all right, you know what? If y'all can't get y'all shit together, we want to see some forfeits. We want to see some, you know, granted wins to other teams. Because the players were like, how do you expect us to game plan and practice for a team all week? And then you tell us on Friday, oh, no, you're not playing them. This is this is your bye week now. Even though you went to the facility all week, you practiced, you went through walkthroughs and installs. No, 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 no. This is, this is your bye week. So have fun on your weekend off. You'll be back next week to prepare for the other team. The other team we may not even know because we have to change up the schedule real quick. So I expected players to, you know, hit, hit the Titans a little harder than usual. Boy, I don't know if the Titans uh, took some fucking super soldier serum or what it was during those 16 days. I don't know if they expected that teams were maybe going to play them harder due to everything that they caused. But man, oh man, the Titans showed up and they showed out. And it it wasn't even, to me, a contest of when the Bills had control. I said in the last last episode, I don't buy the Bills yet. I needed to see them against a real team. I don't even count the Titans as a real team until midseason form. They played in midseason form on Tuesday. Defense was in sync. Offense was in sync. Special teams was in sync. Man. I mean, when you have when you have all three phases working together, it, it's it's an issue for anyone that's playing them. And when when you have a guy that's supposed to be in the MVP conversation and Josh Allen, who's been playing good ball, when you have him with the performance that he had, it's ugly. It's real ugly. Because now... Now, unfortunately, after taking that L, the Bills have to see Kansas City, which was a game that was supposed to be today, but due to the Titans having to, you know, shuffle the schedule, as I said, now, 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 they play on Monday, which will now be what feels like the 30th primetime game. Well, it won't be primetime. It'll be a early Monday game. 
but we've been getting accustomed accustomed to seeing the Chiefs now on the national airwaves, which, you know, most of the times when you win the Super Bowl, that happens, but it has now happened at a very repetitive rate very fast. And I'm very curious to see how many either new Chiefs fans there are or how many Chiefs haters are going to become very, very, very vocal because they've seen them so much. But let's talk about this Tennessee-Buffalo game. The supposed, and this is what Bill's Mafia says, the supposed future MVP of the league in Josh Allen. 26 completions for 41 attempts. Mm. 263 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Now, if if you didn't watch the game for the first quarter, quarter and a half, maybe the entire first half, I don't know what Josh Allen was thinking, but it seemed like the only person he saw on the field was Stefan Diggs. Now, Stefan Diggs is a baller. I'm not taking anything away from him, but you can't force the ball to one receiver every single play. You just can't. And I'm not saying ignore the guy, but you have other weapons on the field. And those situations where he was just forcing the ball to Stefan Diggs caused him, you know, third downs. It caused him interceptions. It caused him situations to be able to keep the momentum in the Bills' favor. Instead, you had Ryan Tannehill, which you know is usually playing second fiddle to King Henry, Derrick Henry, that grown-ass man. He still put on the show. 21 for 28? Come on. 195 yards, three tutters. Come on, the boy didn't come and play with you. Like he, the Tennessee Titans ran so smooth that on the first watch of the game, I I almost got bored because there it felt like there was no competition in this. It felt like the Titans had the control the entire time, and the Buffalo Bills were just there. Derrick Henry stiff armed a grown man. Into another reality. A grown look, I don't know if people like there's memes and stuff like that around and all that kind of shit. But I don't know if people really have thought about the fact that this man took four to five steps, looked at another grown man coming his way, and he said, Nah, bro, you're not making this play. And stiff armed him. Almost to the sideline. He almost told him to sit down for real. That is remarkable. Like, I I find myself to be a very strong human being. I mean, there's been times in my life where I've deadlifted over, you know, five, six hundred pounds. There's been times where I've put three, four hundred pounds over my head. I used to pick up people. As, as a living, that used to be my living, is picking up people, throwing people, all of those things. And Derrick Henry looked at a man and said, nah, bitch, you're going to sit down on this one. 
And then the play right after. They ran almost the exact same play. And they thought, oh, if we swarm him, it's going to stop the play. And then what happened? He just took one on his back and then two on his front and just carried it for the first down anyways. The, the Buffalo Bills just did not have an answer. And it wasn't just for Derrick Henry. Because Derrick Henry, for him, had a very down game. 19 carries. 57 yards. Two touchdowns. I mean, come come on. The game was the game was 42 to 16. Usually with games like that, it gets out of hand very early and then it just rolls from there. And when you play a very good team, they make sure you don't enter the fray of trying to come back. And it was semi-tight early as far as the score, but the momentum was all for Tennessee. Now, the problem that I have with Tennessee is the fact that their players are now playing the victim role. Their players are now saying, oh, yeah, y'all wanted to talk about us in the league, blah, blah, blah. We'll see what happens. Come on, bro. I think you got to you got to know the room on this one. It's it's not like y'all did, uh, you know, something that was out of bounds or out of your control or anything like that. Like, no, the rest of the league has shown if you follow the protocols, you, you, you stay in, in your home, you stay, you know, locked down, you wear your mask and you take care of yourself and you take care of your family. There's not going to be any issues going on. Yet y'all obviously felt differently and decided to do differently. And that is why you had the outbreak that you did. So there is no way y'all can play the victim role. Now, granted, if it's a mentality thing and you can flip it and make it your own motivation, that's cool. Do it. Do that internally or do that inside inside the locker room. Do that inside the meeting room. But don't go to a camera and be like, you doubted us, blah, blah, blah. What What would have happened? And this is. This is not wishing this on anyone, but what would have happened if, uh, you know, a Titans player would have went down or had to go to the hospital or anything like that? Would, would you take that same mentality and get on the camera and talk that wild shit? I don't think so, because then you got to think about it differently. You got to think about, damn, our actions caused this. But you're not thinking about it now because you're back on the field and you won. What if the score was flipped? (laughs) That also wouldn't be the shit that you were talking. Matter of fact, if the score was flipped, the shit that you'd be talking was, well, you know, we've been out of practice for 16 days. We haven't had the chance to get the reps in that we wanted to. You know, it'd be that kind of shit. So that's that's the funny thing about how things go. They always say winning cures all. And that's that's one of those instances. Because if they would have lost, this whole thing would have been crazy, crazy, crazy. But, hey, maybe, and just maybe, 16's off, uh, 16 days off, in the middle of, of practice and all that, just shutting everything down. Maybe that's a good thing. 
maybe now players are going to uh maybe they're going to push for less practices or you know oh we don't have to be in here every single day to be able to execute greatly we can save our bodies a little bit more do i think that's going to get anywhere absolutely not but the bills are going to be angry as they should if they think they're that caliber of team do i think so i don't but hey i'm not one to call the bills fake or not even though i have and i will it's going to be better teams that do that and who do i think is a better team well we are going to find out after this little quick ass break <laughs> uh, i'm going to take a break for a second and then we're going to come right back and we are going to have what we haven't had so far and that is some chiefs talk I have ignored talking about my own team just so others can feel uh, how I feel about pretty much the rest of the league, everything else that's going on. But I think it is now time to talk about them because there's some wild news that could come out of the Chiefs locker room very soon, uh, probably as soon as the next few hours. And uh, I want everyone to get my full, full opinion on that before it could happen. So. I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be right back on the other side. crazy land out here there is a lot going on and i i guarantee you i 
<laughs> I didn't expect all this. We didn't expect 2020. We did not need any of this, but we're here. And who would have thought that you would be right here listening to this? I, I have no idea why, but we're here. We are all in this together. Shout out high school motherfucking musical. So a little update. Le'Veon Bell has now, it is now narrowed down to three teams. It is now narrowed down to three teams. The Miami Dolphins, which was expected. It was expected because he works out in Miami, has a home in Miami. Miami Dolphins was expected. Now, when it comes to his caveat of wanting to win, now, I don't know about that. I mean, the Dolphins are a very well-coached team, but outside of that, I have no idea. The Bills. Well, the Bills got exposed a bit, but it happens. You don't expect teams to go undefeated, but you expect teams to show fight. They did not show that on Tuesday. It's just like how some Chiefs fans are starting to bury, bury the Chiefs after one loss. And they show they showed fight the entire game. Uh, the The Chiefs also law uh, they also lost in Week Five last week. I meant last year. What did they do then? I mean, come on. Andy Reid has the most remarkable record against our division. You don't think that there's going to be one or two times that they slip? Look, matter of fact, I'm not going to get into that yet. Let me on bail. Let me on bail. So the Bills, that's team two. Then uh, team three is the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, (laughs) I don't know how I would feel. Actually, I do know how I would feel if we signed Le'Veon Bell. But I'm I'm seeing now we have some Falcons fans speaking. Cody, Matt Ryan is the best Falcons in term of what? I say that as a Falcons fan and a Matt Ryan fan. Hey, I can't tell you. I really can't. I saw the post and it immediately baffled me. Matter of fact, let me see if I can find the post right now. And I'll read it word for word because when I saw it, I thought somebody was high and just (laughs) lost their mind. And, And what's even crazier is that it comes from a Steelers fan. He says now (laughs) I'm laughing already. Can't even read it. He said, now Falcons fans want to get rid of Matt Ryan. My goodness. I guess putting up damn near 30 points a game isn't good enough for you. Matt Ryan is the best Falcon ever. Yeah, I just said it. It's not Julio. Perfect pass right in his hands against the Eagles in the playoffs. It's not Jesse Tuggle. Matt Ryan is the best Atlanta Falcon ever. Now, this could be a a troll post. This could be all bait, all clickbait. But I can't even fathom. I I can't. I can't. Not the athletes that have come out of Atlanta. Matter of fact, one of my favorite tight ends of all time. Favorite tight ends of all time played in Atlanta, but he also played for KC. So, But 
we got somebody calling in, and I have a feeling it is going to be about the Falcons. Oh, let's see what we got. Let's see what we got. Are we ready for this? Are we ready for this Falcons talk? Is that what's about to happen right now? You already know, bro. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) What's up, my boy? Hey, man, you know, it's just uh, another day in the life. For those who don't know, this is the illustrious Norris. I don't know why I added illustrious in your name, but that, <laughs> we we just are where we are right now. <laughs> Norris is a homebred Atlanta fan. He supports all of the Atlanta sports. And recently, the, <laughs> the scale has been teetering because boy, oh boy, the 0-5... Atlanta Falcons has really started to bother him a bit. So, so Norris, talk to me about this because after reading this whole <clears throat> Matt Ryan is the best Atlanta Falcons thing, I really don't know how to feel about a lot of things when it comes to the Falcons. Man, <laughs> we talk all the time about how the Falcons are just, uh, it's just been a life of disappointment, honestly. Mm. Um, <laughs> you know, it's the, the Falcons will, Put you in a situation where it's like almost having an orgasm. Like it's it's really like it's like jacking off in the phone ring. Um, <laughs> it's crazy, Damn, bro. I... Uh, <laughs> you just you just end up in a situation where you just expect to get hurt. Um, but you know, there's always that that rebuilding phase, and everything's going great for a little while, and we have all this hope which is what happened with Dan Quinn. Uh, you know, you take the defensive coordinator that put together the Legion of Bone from the Seahawks. You make him the head coach of the already at the time struggling Falcons. And one of our biggest struggles has always been defense. So you get a defensive head coach and you're like, all right, we're going to fix this. We make it to the Super Bowl and then <laughs> the defense just folds. Uh, you know, (laughs) it was wild. You know, you see how everybody talks about, you know, Matt Ryan and this, this, and that. Uh, I don't want to say Matt Ryan's the best Falcon. Uh, He's up there. I I will be 100%. He's up there with who? He's up there with who? Who, Who's Matt Ryan? Please tell me the top, top three, top five Atlanta Falcons. Because to me... it, uh, Matt Ryan doesn't hold a candle to some of the athletes that have been in Atlanta. Now, let me tell you why I say that. And this is purely this is purely why he's considered a great quarterback. It's because of his numbers. Who 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 purely says that? Who says he's who it, says he, who puts great next to Matt this, Ryan? <laughs> great is he is in the conversation of being a great quarterback a lot. And the only reason is because of his stats. Matt Ryan puts up some of the best stats that the franchise has ever seen for a quarterback. Now, do we finish games? No, we don't. Does Matt Ryan make terrible decisions in the clutch? Absolutely. Does Matt Ryan have the ability to fix all that because he's supposed to be smarter as a quarterback? He absolutely is. So that's where I don't put him as the greatest one because he doesn't make those game time decisions and do those things that make you an elite quarterback, if all that makes sense. Numbers-wise, great. But when it comes to doing what you're supposed to do and making those game-time clutch decisions, he ain't it. 
Okay, well, all right. Let me talk about Matt Ryan's great stats real quick. Cody says no lies detected. He is also a Atlanta Falcons fan. Let's talk about Matt Ryan real quick. <laughs> so Matt Ryan has never broken the threshold of the 40-40 touchdown window. He's never broken that threshold. The closest he got to it was the Super Bowl year where he had 38 touchdowns, six interceptions. Also the year he had his highest passer rating. Other than that, he's been tremendously average. 29 touchdowns, 32 touchdowns, 26 touchdowns, 20 touchdowns. I mean, right now he's kind of on that same rate with seven touchdowns and two interceptions. Passer rating, usually pretty garbage. Uh, I wouldn't say garbage, but it's not the best. Now, what is hard about Matt Ryan's stats looking at them now is that you have guys like Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, and a guy that's always been doing this, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, that seem to always show the caliber of quarterback that everybody wants on their team. If I were to ask anyone in the past three years, who would you want to start as your franchise quarterback? I don't think anyone anywhere would say Matt Ryan. Oh, I agree with that. And, and that's why I can't even put great. I kind of good. I can't put that next to his name. I still don't get his nick Matty Ice. What does that mean? I hadn't figured that one out either, honestly. Like, I remember is it, it is used it to be because he called. Because yeah, he yeah, real yeah. Cold. yeah. I, I remember it used to be. Oh, you know, he just cool under pressure. Blah blah blah. What the fuck? No, he's not. I've seen this man run from his life in a clean pocket more than I've ever seen in my life. And it's because he has night terrors of when he doesn't have a clean pocket. <laughs> so he just starts losing his fucking mind and then he throws an interception and it, it oh he freezes in the clutch. Yeah, that's probably the that's probably the best description because it's great that Matt Ryan can put up stats and he can push his team to 30, 35 points a game. Like that's great. But also when you lose a game by the other team putting up 42 to 45 points, that shit don't matter. Because to me, if stats don't translate to wins, they don't mean shit to me. It was just like the year where Pat Mahomes put up 50 touchdowns through 5,000 yards. That shit was great. But did it lead us to the Super Bowl? Nope. But the next year where he didn't do that and we went to the Super Bowl, I was like, this is the greatest motherfucking season on the planet. Well, that's why I'm talking about how it's, He's he's done this for the franchise. Now, comparatively, no, I would not put Matt Ryan, especially with the level of quarterback that we have now, especially in people like Pat Mahomes, especially like Lamar Jackson. I mean, I mean, you already know that I'm <laughs> I'm a semi-converted Chiefs fan now. Yes, sir. Simply, simply because that man Pat Mahomes don't miss. I if mean, that's there is that. a guy in 2020 if there was one human entity in 2020 that hasn't tripped, stumbled, fell, dropped a fucking piece of paper. It's damn Pat Mahomes. I don't I don't know right. how I don't know how he has gotten through 2020 like this and I hope it continues because I do not want to see my dude fall, but come on, half a billy. You you on a Super Bowl squad. 
You are now engaged and have a child on the way. You are probably the most protected entity in Kansas City at the moment. I mean, let's talk about half billion dollars. You know, there's there's that right there. <laughs> hey man, half a bill. Like I I see I watch game shows now where they're like, oh, and you're gonna win twenty five thousand dollars. And I'm like, yo, Pat Mahomes made that like three and a half minutes ago. And he right. just made another twenty five thousand dollars. And I think about that shit all the time. I was watching uh MasterChef yesterday. They're like, You're gonna win a quarter of a million dollars. And I was like, What the fuck? That ain't that ain't none to Pat Mahomes. That's, that's, a, that's a pack of gum. Like, I don't know. Y'all just don't understand the money that, that this man is, is going to have for the next long-ass time. This ain't no one-time check. I hope you can figure it out. Nah, nah, nah. nah. This is that direct deposit. This is that. It's it's coming all the time money. Like, it's about to be here. That's that's crazy. That's and long then, money. It's, it's, speaking of long money. Never mind. Matter of fact, we're gonna leave. We're gonna leave that next conversation to, to something else because that that could have gotten political, and I'm I'm not gonna go there. I'm not gonna go there on this. So, back to the Falcons. I have a question to ask you. Do the Falcons blow the entire organization up and start over and rebuild with the new head coach and GM, or do you kind of? Um, Take what you have and just reshape it and whatever is going to be the mind of the new head coach. What 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 do you do? Because you still have Calvin Ridley. You still have Julio Jones. You got Hayden Hurst from the Ravens. But for some reason, like, I didn't understand the Austin Hooper, but yet go grab Hayden Hurst move. I didn't get that. Because <clears throat> even though Hoop is not the, the star tight end in in uh cleveland the five catches for 50 to 60 yards that he's getting is well missed already in atlanta Man. like i know atlanta fans are already missing who i know they're missing yeah. that already <laughs> you know and it's sad because they took hayden hurst which to me is basically like adding another offensive lineman because hayden hurst did very well in the blocking scheme and running scheme in baltimore but then you take away the dynamic that Austin Hooper was giving you. I guarantee you if Matt Ryan had, you know, those five to six catches, 50, 60 yards a game alongside with everything else that he has going on, they may have at least won one game so far. But what well, do you do? Also do you collapse you, in the fourth quarter, but you right, know, that's, right, right, right. That, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's y'all's thing. MO. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's y'all thing. Just, but just so collapse. what do y'all do? Do y'all blow up? what y'all have ship off everybody start over or do you keep the pieces that you have around you and work with what you got in my opinion there's probably a couple of pieces we definitely need to keep calvin ridley has been consistent since we picked him up i mean besides when matt ryan forgot he was in the game and didn't oh yeah that's what i was about to say except for the past couple of games yeah but You know, I got Calvin Ridley on my fantasy squad. And even though the Falcons find some way to lose, he gives me all the points (laughs) except for last game. But uh, so definitely would want to say talk about keeping Calvin Ridley. Uh, Julio Jones, I'm starting to be on the fence about him simply because he's been a franchise performer as well, but he's getting old. 
you know, it's it, it comes a time in everybody's career where they're like, all right, I'm starting to get too old for this or something's got to give or something's got to change. And I think Julio's starting to get to that point. Mm. Uh, it may need to look at we may need to look at, you know, moving him to, you know, dealing him out and, you know, dealing him for some draft picks and some probably another probably maybe even another number two and put Calvin at number one. Mm. Uh, but that's just because we need to create some cap space because at some point we're going to have to, we're going to have to bring in new fresh talent that is not going to be, that's not been there for years. That's not used to the same, same thing going on. And that comes to the conversation of some people are really going to have to think about what we're going to do with Matt Ryan too. Uh, you know, like I said, Matt Ryan for the franchise. Now, not against other stats in the league, but for the franchise, um, you know, Matt Ryan has been the face of the team, but he's also been the face of all of our biggest losses. So, you know, hmm. that's a difficult conversation where you got to think, do we move on from Matt Ryan as well, or do we kind of see, give him one more chance, kind of like we gave Dan Quinn five this year. Uh, but, you know, it's it, it's a hard, it's a slippery slope, honestly, because you can have, like, out of nowhere, just like what happened with Pat Mahomes when they just started, they got him, and they start building around him. Four years later, Super Bowl. You know? Um, so that means who do we go look for in college? It's a... It, so it, it's so, one so of those. now that I've had some time to uh, think about this and, and hear this, I think you blow the whole bitch up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be real. I think you <laughs> blow the whole bitch up because, okay, you got it to me. You got to get rid of Matt Ryan. He's, he's, I think he's the nucleus to all of this. Uh, like I said on the last episode, I, I, I think that he is the quarterback that is trapped in the wrong body. Uh, lately, he just feels that he can do more than he can physically do. And it just hadn't worked out. Also, I need him to get in contact with Jameis Winston's eye surgeon and figure some shit out because he not seeing shit right now. Uh, I don't know how the fuck it's happening, but he ain't seeing a motherfucking thing. So he needs to see Jameis Winston's doctor and get that LASIK shit going on and see if he can figure that out. Also, I think I don't think you deal out Julio because he's too old. I mean, yeah, 31 years old. Um, he is three years older than the person that they typically com- like match up with because everyone says mm, the best wide receiver is either Julio Jones or DeAndre Hopkins. That's pretty much what the consensus of the conversation has been for the past few years. Um, I just think he, especially right now, he's going to show more injury because who fucking cares? Like, if if I'm Julio and I know I'm that dude, which he does, I'm letting Calvin Ridley do whatever the fuck he want. You want to be number one? Cool, you can be number one. You want to run the slot? Cool, you can run the slot. Because you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sit my ass here, and I'm going to talk to my agent about how I can get the fuck on out of here. Am I paid? Yeah, I'm paid. But I don't feel like getting hurt for this shit. I mean, uh, come on. Since Julio was in college, all he knows is winning. So this much That's consistent true. losing, oh man, like come the fuck on. I mean, we're seeing it right now with 
which I called out Le'Veon Bell. I feel like he fucking heard me. I know he didn't, but I told Le'Veon Bell he need to get his shit together because I can't believe he playing for the Jets after he bullshitted about that money. And mm-hmm. then they got him the fuck out real quick. So I don't know. I don't know if everybody else was having the same conversation I was or what, but that shit happened real quick. And I'm still waiting on a motherfucking update about the uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. No, we ain't got a full update yet. They just saying that the Bills trying to get them too. Bills ain't going to do shit. But, yeah, I think you blow the whole Falcons organization up. I think you get Matt Ryan out. I think you get Julio and get some picks. But, see, this is the problem. And I don't know if this was the GM mishap, with, which could have led to him getting fired like he did. If this was a scouting or head coach mishap, which he's gone as well. But um, even if you deal out Julio, you deal out or just release Matt Ryan, which at this point you would have to deal him out because I feel like he's getting paid more than any Falcon ever. That's but true. You, you would have to do something responsible with those picks. And that is also something that I feel the Falcons have not done very well because the past few years, I felt like you've picked nothing but Calvin Ridley and an O-line. And that O-line still hey. reacts and moves like paper mache paper straight paper and it's not like you got a josh allen or lamar jackson or pat mahomes literally any other aaron Rodgers, right right right. you did i mean (laughs) shit i'm trying to think of a quarterback even gardner Minshew and ryan fitzpatrick they they all got some escapability i feel like matt ryan runs with soaking wet tim's on and he he moves like a nigga that forgot how to run in GTA. So he just got that like fast wobble going on. Like it's real awkward, but I feel like in his head, it looks like Star Wars. It looked like he going light speed. Let me tell you one about one of the most disappointing days that I ever had in my life. It was on my birthday. (laughs) I went to the Falcons game when he was still at the Georgia Dome. And it was the Falcons playing the Saints. You already know how that goes. Because if there ain't the two games we win in a year, it's got to be the two times we play the Saints. Fuck all the other shit. We can, <laughs> we can, we can, we can blow up the Super Bowl. Fuck everything else up. If we don't beat the Saints, fuck it. All right. But I was at the game, and <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson was there. And there was a time when Matt Ryan had all the space. Literally, it was an open asshole. It was, I mean, it was crazy. But dude could have run into the end zone, got the touchdown, and won the game. This man slides. I'm like, Matt, (laughs) I could have done that. I know I'm like half your size, very little, well, not as much athletic ability as I used to have. Mm -hmm. But... I could have seen this hole run through it, got a touchdown, done my little dance, and been off the field. But you choose to slide. Why do you fear physical contact in such a physical game? I mean, you look at any, literally any other quarterback, any other quarterback in the league would have seen that and taken that. You decide to lose a game by a touchdown that you could have gotten on my birthday. That was the day I said, fuck Matt Ryan. Mm. It was it was mm. <laughs> against the Saints, bro. Like that's that's deep. That that is some 
that was back some in. real rooted. <laughs> he said, "On my birthday, oh, you my bitch, <laughs> fucking Matt Ryan." You know what? It was terrible. I ain't never. I, I was drunk in the car with my cousin because he drove. I was drunk, and I didn't say nothing the rest of the ride home. So I was just like in disbelief. It was straight up like, and you could even see because Samuel Jackson, of course, is in a freaking box up, upstairs and whatnot. But you could see him running up and down the box, mm-hmm. cussing and fussing at Matt Ryan because he didn't run that damn ball. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy! And see, what's crazy is that I remember the exact opposite emotion even before I knew that this was going to happen to my team for me. On my birthday, one grand night, I just happened to look up at a TV at a bar and see this motherfucking shootout of a college game that I would have never paid attention to in my life. But for some reason, I I was feeling it. It was my birthday. It was what it was. It was Texas Tech versus Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And it just happened to be motherfucking Baker Mayfield versus Pat Mahomes. And that game was a motherfucking NCAA video game to the masses. <laughs> I mean, the the ending score was 66 to 59. And fucking, it, it was stupid. It was stupid. Pat Mahomes threw five touchdowns. Baker Mayfield threw seven. Um, oh, that boy just turned on Netflix. Y'all know what time oh, it is. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> But it was it was just insane, and I I've of course I didn't think much about it because uh, at that time I didn't watch college football too much. Uh, and then I remember when we drafted Pat Mahomes, I sat there and thought I was like I've I've heard this name before. And then they brought up that game, and I was like, damn, I watched that game on my birthday. We were supposed to draft him. I would have never fucking thought that when I said we were supposed to draft him, that this motherfucker was going to take us to a Super Bowl. Let alone all the national spotlight and I can't all that shit. Kansas City now feels like one of them crazy ass places because man, ain't nobody look at us ever. We were we were always that poaching team. Uh-huh. We were always that team where everyone looked at and was like, hey, you know what? Y'all should give him us because y'all ain't doing shit. Like Tony G, yeah, you should come to our team because the Chiefs, you know, the Chiefs ain't really doing it for you. Or Jamal Charles, you know what? If we had Jamal Charles, we'd go to the Super Bowl. We know y'all ain't doing shit with Jamal Charles. Can we get him? Same thing with Eric Berry, Justin Houston, Derek Thomas, Kareem Hunt. Shit, people are doing it now with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Uh-huh. Shit, all of a sudden, when people were shitting on Sammy Watkins because he was too injured and wasn't consistent, blah, 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 he comes to KC for two years, and all of a sudden, people are like, Oh, you got Sammy Watkins still? I don't know. You got <laughs> Shit, he looked like he can be a smooth number two or three still. Like that motherfucker going. Like I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. But hey, I, I don't know if I have any hope left in the Falcons. I am really terrified in the fact that I think Eric Bieniemy from the Kansas City Chiefs, our offensive coordinator. Uh, who is now he's been under Andy Reid for what I feel like is a year too long because Doug Peterson, when he was under Andy Reid, 
I felt like almost immediately went to the Eagles, went to the Eagles, flipped them around, went to the Super Bowl one. Then Matt Nagy was under Andy Reid for what I felt like was a minute, went to the Bears. Boom. Went. I mean, they got Mr. Trubisky. So I, the, yeah. I guess the I guess the Bears started to turn around. And then Mitch showed that he's just Mitch. And whew, now Nick Foles is starting. <laughs> so I guess. Mitch. Yeah. But what's crazy is that Mitch is benched right now and he had a three and zero record. So he wasn't losing games. <laughs> they were just like, we ain't a fan of how you were winning the games. I don't know how the fuck that happens. But like you win and we put you on the bench. <laughs> right. <laughs> but with that, I expected Airbnb to get a head coaching job last season. Uh, really, I I felt that the decision came up to if they were going to win the Super Bowl or not. But even with that, as a interviewing potential head coach, going to the Super Bowl, yeah, that's a nice resume add-on. But winning the Super Bowl is even better resume add-on. Like you should be able to walk in and just be like, "Look, y'all ain't doing shit. I just won a Super Bowl. Hire me." That would that, that, that really need to be it. If we had won that Super Bowl, I guarantee you, Dan Quinn, even if we had started 0-5 again this year, he probably still would have had a job. I, I like, think if y'all would have won the Super Bowl, even if y'all were going 0-5 right now, I don't even think uh, any shakeup would be happening right now. I all think, we need to do is finish that. I, I think it would have just been like, you know what? Um, you know, shit happens. You have down years. Uh, because Dan Quinn slick should have been fired last year, but ain't no slick pe- about that <laughs> because no of the up and down of the year and the, the talent that was still on there and all of the injuries. Um, it was mainly a lot of the injuries that kind of put, it's just like what I said um, on Tuesday. I know that Mike McCarthy should be in the hot seat in Dallas right now. But because Dak got hurt, that injury is going to save him from being in the hot seat because basically all he has to say is, oh, you expect me to go to the Super Bowl with Andy Dalton? Without my franchise quarterback? Right. Like, I like Andy Dalton. He cool. But he not cold. There's a difference. There is a major difference. Ask Matt Ryan. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. And, and that's just how it is. Okay. What Cody say? What Cody say? Is Harrison Bucker the best kicker right now? Georgia Tech. Oh, C, 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 C. Okay, hold up, hold up, hold up. I got to talk about Mr. Butt Kicker real quick. Mr. Butt Kicker, hell no. So, Harrison Tucker. Young Hoku, bum ass. But anyway, I'm sorry. I mean, listen to his name. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's all I got to say about that. I mean, that ain't his name for real, but, you know, that's what it's spelled like. (laughs) So, Harrison Bucker is that guy. Recently, he found some trouble in about two weeks in a row, but this was after after he nailed three, three 50-plus yard field goals to seal the game that we had against the Chargers in overtime. He kicked one early in the game. Then he kicked one to end the game. They froze him and called a timeout. It was, at that point, a 53-yard field goal. Then he went to kick again. Flag, false start, back that son bitch up. Now it's a 58-yarder. On the third attempt, nails him. 
ends the game in overtime. Oh. I was like, Bucker may be the best motherfucker kicking the ball right now. Yeah, Justin Tucker's out there. Yeah, Will Lutz is out there. <laughs> I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not betting against him. Then he went on to a uh, two two week span of what I felt like he was just kicking to fucking Jesus. I don't know where them balls were going, <laughs> but it was not to score points. I was getting very concerned. Hey, shout out my wife, motherfucking Bucker. She know. But I. I, I just I didn't understand and my excuse was like, hey, you know what? You kick several 50, almost 60 yarders, you deserve an off week or two. I'm gonna be oh, real. Yeah. You 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 deserve that because you kick three in a row back to back to back. You you can do whatever the hell you want, and I'm gonna be cool with it. But then when it came to oh shit, we may be losing some games if we didn't have them, you know, five, six points up there. Hey, Bucker, right. what you doing? Like now. <clears throat> for people that don't know, me and Norris used to work together at Top Golf. Uh, I met Harrison Bucker at Top Golf. I actually have a signed card from Harrison Bucker uh, somewhere in the house. And since then, I was like, "Well, I always love when we nab a, a Georgia boy on the team." So you know, I'm, I'm gonna rock with my dude. That, that's actually crazy. I'm doing just did a little research, and that's one thing I was going to mention. I didn't know Harrison Bucker was from Atlanta, Georgia Tech. He went, went to Georgia, Georgia Tech. Tech. He, he is, went to he, the Westminster schools. I remember playing basketball against them. And, yeah. uh, you know, when you go against a, when you're in a public school going against a private school, you know, there's just a little bit of difference there. But, <laughs> you know, we won't talk about that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, this is making me. You know, just looking, looking a little bit more. I'm like, okay, like he just might be that guy. And hey, Bucker, Bucker has been out there doing it, and the fact that is that his last name is Bucker and his branding is Butt Kicker. I, I mean, come on, you, you not getting no better than that. And plus, now, and and it happened last week. Uh, our special teams coach Dave Toe put out that uh, Bucker has. You know, fixed his uh little issue that he was having kicking, and that he's good to go. And it showed in the last game that he was kicking consistently again. I was just like, hey, you know what? Pieces are coming back together because what's crazy is that we are four and one right now, and not one game, not one game have all three phases played consistently well together. It hasn't happened yet, and I am. I am waiting for the game that finally the offense, the defense, and the special teams just gel together and make something happen because, boy, I don't know. if the, And if that happens against Buffalo on Monday, I don't think the league is ready, especially if we sign stupid-ass Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> Man, look, that, that would just be a whole nother, whole nother issue. You know, it was crazy. I started noticing the Chiefs a whole lot more. Of course, through working with you, but – then also, because I moved to Houston last year, uh, so earlier this year when the Texans and the Chiefs yeah. played, yeah, and you know it was it was crazy about how the Chiefs put up what was like fifty points, like you would have thought it was a college game. Like, see, that's that's the crazy thing about the Chiefs is that for some reason. 
for some reason, it, if they have that college feel, and it it's one because of Andy Reid and his play design, mm-hmm. two because the shaping and maturity of Patrick Mahomes, it wasn't a we're going to conform him to the system. It's we're going to make a system for him. And yeah, he had to work on footwork and learning how to uh, receive the ball from under the center and things like that because he played shotgun almost 90% of the time in Texas Tech. But mm-hmm. once once it was like, we're going to make the system for him, and they took the weapons that... And I, I hate the argument. I'm just going to put this out there. I hate the argument of Pat Mahomes is only great because of the weapons around him. One, who nah, fucking man. cares? <laughs> and then two... Alex Smith, I love my dude Alex Smith, but Alex Smith had the same weapons, give or take the running back because of mm-hmm. certain situations, or give and take a third wide receiver. Had the same weapons. Alex Smith had Tyreek Hill. He had Travis Kelsey. He had Kareem Hunt. He had the same offensive line. Matter of fact, a better and younger offensive line. And for one year, for one year, a better defense and did not win the AFC championship. Yeah. Like, uh, so you're not going to tell me that, Oh, all of these weapons is the only reason why, because there are throws that Pat Mahomes makes that there ain't nobody else doing that. Besides, what was that that from the last game that cross body throw? Yeah. 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 Man, look for no I reason. That. I saw, and it was just like, "Yo, like, <laughs> how does your body contort like that, going twenty miles an hour? It's crazy." What's funny is that when me and my wife watch football together, especially when we watch Chiefs games, she is a very to the point, straightforward person. So when things happen, if they happen a second time, like she's used to it. Yeah, this is this is what's supposed to happen. This is what happened last time. So when it comes to a lot of the like throws and mechanics and and things of that nature that Pat Mahomes pulls off, she gets excited, but she's also like, "Hey, this is what Pat does." Like, yeah, this is what I I am always so baffled in everything that happens. Anytime one of those one because it just uh it ignites my love for the game even more because I fell in love with you know, the play uh, at quarterback from guys like Aaron Rodgers and and Vic and things like where we see those crossbody throws, those off-balance throws, those throw-on-the-runs, you know, things like that. And to see my team now have the quarterback where people are like, well, damn, you know, if we had them, you know, we could go to the damn Super Bowl. Like, I would have never thought a Cowboys fan – a Cowboys fan would come to me ever in my life and be like, hey, man, you know that boy, Pat Mahomes, man. He cold, man. You know, if he was a Cowboy, man, we'd have another, like, motherfucking four, five rings. Like, first of all, don't you ever have the imagination to put Pat Mahomes in a Cowboys uniform. I should beat your ass right now. But it's just crazy to think. We can we can agree that we hate the Cowboys, right? All right, just want to make sure we're on that part. <sighs> I'm taking a break <laughs> on Cowboys hate right now. <laughs> Only because, because, of, because of, of the injury to Dak. Yeah. Because I've never had a problem with, with Dak. 
I've never said that Dak was a sorry ass quarterback. I do believe he wanted a little bit too much money, but I also believe that the organization could have done plenty to be able to get him paid in some way. And they didn't. And I think that's real shitty of them right. uh, because uh, now they're talking about how he is the Cowboys future and how uh, uh, they, they want him to be a Cowboy for this long and that long. And I'm like, Oh no, motherfuckers. Y'all had a whole off season to, to make that happen. And you didn't. And, you know, actions speak louder to words and paper. Don't talk. It counts. So, it sounds real silent yeah. over there for Dak Prescott, and I feel really bad for that because the security that he wanted for the situation that he didn't want to see is exactly what happened, and he has none of that security, and I think it's real shitty. Yeah. I've never been... Just because I have that one obnoxious cousin that's been a, a Cowboys fan his whole life. We we um, all got that. We all got that cousin. <laughs> we all I think got every, that one. I think everybody has that cousin that's a Cowboys fan, and I don't understand how but it's real. But that, that's really it. Like he's made me hate the Cowboys before I even got into football as much as I have. And Jesus Christ. I mean, you remember what well, this was before my time, but I heard about how at Top Golf we had the Cowboys fans that would come in there and have their little watch party. They got banned. I don't oh, think let it's me, a... let me talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> So if, if you if you ever had a reason to not like the Cowboys fandom, don't ever find yourself in a situation when you're around a bunch of them. Because boy, oh boy, you will find out real fast why most of the league is just not a fan of Cowboys fans. So I used to bartend at Topgolf in Atlanta Midtown. We, for some reason, had viewing parties for almost every other team but the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> and you would think, I mean, granted, our location was just close enough to the stadium to where, you know, you would probably catch a tailgate or something like that before venturing just that far out to go to Top Golf to watch the game. So I kind of got it, but I was kind of like, Mm, it's at least free to watch the game here. Like, if you just came to shoot the shit and watch the game, that shit free. You go to a tailgate, motherfuckers gonna try to sell you something. Uh, Dry but, ass chicken. <laughs> but the Cowboys uh, started very small. And by very small, it was probably about 30, 35 people. But when they showed up, they showed up deep. They showed up loud. Then... It started to escalate. They got about 50 people, then about 60 people. Then they started bringing in a DJ. Then they started renting out, you know, our event rooms. And when they would score touchdowns, they would trot around this three-story complex of a venue and go from floor to floor talking about how they're them boys and all this bullshit. And boy, when they would lose games, they would disperse like roaches when you turn on a light. Them motherfuckers would leave so damn fast. And you want to talk about tabs still open, cards declining, uh, tip, yeah. uh, two, two, three hundred dollar tabs with five dollar tips, like that kind of shit. 
And then on top of that, we had the Minnesota Vikings that were starting to come and do the same thing. Now, the Vikings were cool for a second. They were cool for a second. And then they started to do the same thing. I remember one time they didn't have a bartender to take care of the Vikings. So they pulled me off a bar and I I fucking bartended for the Vikings. And at first it was just buckets, buckets of beer, pitchers of beer, normal football shit. Wasn't, wasn't really nothing. Then they started this thing where they wanted a purple shot. Who, who fucking knows why? <laughs> but, hey, yo. but they were like, hey, we want a purple shot so that we can take it during the touchdowns. Now, at this point, the Vikings are mm, 75, 80 deep. So one of the Bayhos comes up to me and is like, hey, um, I need probably about 38 shots. And I'm like, hold up. What you mean probably? And what kind of number is 38? So 38. I'm gonna need you to recount. Yeah, I'm gonna need you to recount and uh come back with a real number and scrap the probably. Like it, it, just I need that shit to be secure. Like I'm not about to make 38 of shit. And then what is the 38 of? Like Tito's absolute what the fuck is it? Oh, they want a purple shot. What? They want a shot of Shambor because that's what they're gonna get. Like, that's what how you, you mean, gonna get it. Yeah, like what you mean you want something purple? Like I'm what the fuck? No, they uh they want you. The bartender on the game before made a purple shot, and you know we hate hearing that shit because it's like, man, look. well go find that motherfucker. I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't we ain't got a dictionary that says purple shot and purple shot we, from that bartender. Right, last week. We, nah, we, bro. we we don't got that. So of course you know me. On my good days, I'll fuck around and be creative. So. I'm fucking mixing up some shit. Mixing up some shit. Oh, it's purple. That's cool. That's all that matter. I made... It turned out to be 30 of them hoes in the first run. She ran 30 of them. They took a shot when they had a touchdown, whatever. Then the rest of the crew wanted it, plus 30 that had it. I remember making at least 150-something, something like that, of them shots. That was on first floor because they were in lower lounge. Mm-hmm. They closed down first floor after that. I went back up the main bar after closing um, the first floor. I see half of these motherfuckers at main bar still. And it is now like the primetime game. It was one o'clock. I, I don't know if they take the Vikings thing seriously, but fucking Vikings fans can drink. So I'm sitting here Man. like, damn, y'all out here. And they were like, uh, yeah, you know, we've been asking them for the purple shot that we had. And everybody's like, mm, we don't know how to make no purple shot. And I was like, well, I was the one downstairs. And I had a mental lapse. I didn't fucking think about it. But I was like, I was a bartender downstairs making the purple shots. Like, I, I, I got y'all. And then all of them fucking popped back up. Like, I was talking to three. And then all of a sudden, I turned around. And there was like 15 of them motherfuckers. Like, yeah, man, that's the dude that was making the purple shots. So here I am making these motherfucking shots (laughs) through the primetime game. It wasn't until halftime that they left. I was like, these motherfuckers been drinking for like eight to nine hours. Drinking motherfucking Tito's, Shambord, some simple. (laughs) They think they doing something. They think they doing something. And I'm like, y'all know. I don't really give a fuck about none of this, right? Because y'all been running me dry all day. I'm closing two bars now. If y'all get the fuck on out of here. So, but 
at least they tip. Vikings fans always took care of me. Now Vikings I know. Tip. I remember that. See, see now my my boy Charlie over here in the chat. Um, I know he has been through the ups and downs with the Vikings because we Man. all worked at the same Top Golf, and I remember at a point in time it was very disjointed, and then they actually made like a crew that consistently took care of the Vikings fan. I I was shipped out of that somehow, even though <laughs> even though I put up them almost two hundred shots. For for um, I I didn't make the cut on that. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> um, because we had them. Oh, let's talk. You want to talk about the Bears fans though? Hey, see, I didn't. I didn't have a lot of a uh, bad interaction with the Bears fans because, bruh, I remember they started getting getting a little wild. But anytime a Bears game would happen, I just luckily ended up being off of work or just getting off, and they were all buy me like drinks and shots and shit. I remember one time, bruh. It, it was a Bears game, and I went down there, and I, I had my Chiefs jersey on from the early game. I ended up running into, that. like, yeah, like 10 Chiefs fans. They bought me shots. Bears fans bought me shots. I ended up being drunk as fuck in, like, 30 minutes. Like, I don't know how it <laughs> happened, but I just remember having three shots in my hand and a Corona, and I went up to main bar, and I said, I need y'all to save me because these motherfuckers downstairs is getting me lit. And I just took my name tag off. And they were like, well, who who are those shots for? I was like, all 3D shots and this Corona is mine. Make sure y'all come downstairs in 20 minutes and make sure I don't lose my fucking job. Because I am getting lit as shit. And I don't know none of these people. <laughs> it's different when I'm getting lit and I know everybody around me. Everybody around me was working. They couldn't do shit. So I'm sitting here like, man, why? This ain't even double fisting. I am <laughs> quadruple fisting. That don't even. You look, that's not supposed to like, be happening. Looking like Goro off of freaking Mortal Kombat. I'm right? looking like I don't work there. Like, <laughs> like people <laughs> didn't just see me in this jersey mix, mixing a drink for someone else. I'm like, all right, you know what? I need watchful eyes on me because boy, oh boy. Shit's about to get ugly. But go ahead and talk about the Bears because I oh, don't. That was my only interaction with them. Man, the Bears fans, I, so, you know, right before, it was actually right before uh, I got promoted to team lead. So, uh, for people listening, I'm actually a manager at Topgolf now. But I Go used ahead and talk your shit, boy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, right before my promotion into hourly management, which is team lead, uh, I was working as a bartender. And um, one of my right right before I got promoted and was about to start my training, one of my last shifts was bartending for the bears when they were working or when they were working on a coming up to the third floor terrace area. So basically they were just outside, had a nice little patio, got all these couches and shit. They bring me on DJ. They basically just took over all of terrace and uh, the stupid ass laws in Georgia couldn't allow us to serve alcohol till 1230. <laughs> yeah. So, 1230 come around, that, that ticket printer just starts going. So you're making all the bloody mirrors, all the mimosas. People start to get ready for the game. The game started at 1 o'clock, so people just start ordering shit. And I'm the only bartender on third floor, so I'm dealing with all the tickets. But I have my Falcons jersey on. This is back when the Falcons were. This was right after the fiasco of 2017. Mm. So, of course, we were still, you know, kind of hurt about that. But... You know, Kinda. it is what it is. <laughs> I knew motherfuckers that still to this day have not recovered from that. 
like I said, almost having an orgasm. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but uh, so there was this one guy in particular that was a Bears fan, and he came in every Sunday, would get drunk as hell, would never pay his tab. And this is my first interaction with him. With the, you remember the guy with big ass gold teeth that all with the bald head? No, nah, man. Anytime I saw them, I was drunk. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's right. Well, anyway, this guy, I particularly remember him because I had just, I already knew I was getting promoted, but I looked at my manager. It was, it was Tevin. I looked at the manager at the time. And this guy saw me in my jersey and was hassling me for a Bud Light. Now, if it's a Bud Light, I'm like, yo, you, you, there's, there's so many other things that I can deal with besides a fucking Bud Light. Right. Fuck Bud Light. But he's yelling at me from across the bar while I'm dealing with all these tickets. And I tell Tevin, you need to get this motherfucker out of my face right now. Otherwise, oh, the, pop off. the skinny dude that used yep. to drink Bud Light. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. He used to roll with the big dude and they would sometimes yep. drink him out of straws and shit. Yep. Yeah. I know. That, hey, hey, those are part of the motherfuckers that always got me drunk. <laughs> right. You want to know how they were getting you drunk? Because they weren't paying their fucking tabs. <laughs> like, Yo, that's crazy. <laughs> They would come in order all kinds of shit and not pay for that shit. Wouldn't even put a card on file. Damn, I remember there was times where um, I would just be getting off and they would come in and um, they would let me know. I would let them know, like, yeah, man, I would take care of y'all, but I'm about to get off all about. They're like, well, let me get a Bud Light from me real quick and I'm going to tip you off of that. And they would tip me like, you know, $10 off of Bud Light. And I'd be like, you know what, y'all, I fuck with y'all. Fuck and then when man. I would get off work, they would be like, hey, man, what you drink? You like Bud Light, too? And I'm like, no, nah, I don't drink Bud Light like that. <laughs> drink no, I, drink, I got, you can get that Jameson, that Crown Apple. Uh, I'll drink a Yingling. That's cheap. I'll fuck with the Yingling. And get my man a Yingling and a, mo- a motherfucking Jameson. He gonna watch the game with us. And that's exactly how the motherfuckers talk, too. I remember their voice. They'd be like, hey, man, mm-hmm. you know, you can get that. Let me let me get a Bud Light from you. You got a straw? You got a straw? A straw. Like, nigga, what? I don't understand. A, a straw for a Bud Light? Like, boy, if you don't drink that shit out the cup. <laughs> we, we watch these glasses so damn much, you're not going to motherfucking at least drink out the damn cup. But, you know. Man. But, yeah, no, I used to hear it. Uh, the Bears fans would, uh, uh they would. <laughs> they And, see, that's the thing. That's why I wanted to put together this show because you get to hear like I can't wait to start having Cowboys fans on here because I want to oh see boy. I want to see what it's like through the eyes to of the Cowboys, Cowboys like fan. like who who do they see as the annoying fan base like who who do they look at and is their cowboy because as far to my knowledge everybody looks at the Cowboys like that so I, I'm like, I don't know I don't know anybody besides Cowboys fans that likes Cowboys fans Right. Like, I used to think that way about the Patriots. Like, I used to be like, yo, everybody hates the Patriots. But then, like, I figured out that not everybody hates the Patriots. Everybody hates Tom Brady or everybody hates Bill Belichick or everybody hates the Mm -hmm. controversy around the Patriots. So there are people that kind of fuck with the team, but not just the shit around it. It's kind of like how I am with LeBron James. Like, I fuck with him. I just don't fuck around with the motif of, like put glitter and gold all over this motherfucker. He is the greatest. Like, chill out. He He's not. And I'm still sticking by that. I don't give a fuck if he just won a ring. <laughs> but, but, uh, what, LeBron James? Yeah. 
Yeah, I talked about that Tuesday. And I got some heat on uh, heat about it too. And I don't give a fuck. I used to be a pro wrestler. You think I ain't used to people giving me heat? You had to come at me harder than that shit. Because <laughs> me not liking LeBron James and me getting heat off of that shit is a scratch on the back to me. Y'all not gonna until y'all call in and actually say some shit, unless besides just going on Twitter and acting like y'all that dude, trust me, your Twitter fingers ain't shit to me but some nubs. And them nubs ain't gonna do nothing. But right. like I was saying, I I just I'm curious to see what what how Cowboys fans look at the rest of the league. Same thing with Patriots fans. I already have a catalog of Patriots fans to have on the show. And I just can't wait to hear who they look at and be like, <clears throat> can't fucking stand them. It's probably the Dolphins because the Dolphins fuck around and beat them every once in a while. And I know they be getting <laughs> mad at that shit. Which I have a feeling since our division, the AFC West, has turned probably into the next AFC East because, I mean, if you can't see the Chiefs routing this division for the next five, six years, I think you're probably drunk. But uh, I think the Raiders are going to be our Dolphins where people are always going to be like, ooh, are the Raiders actually going to beat the Chiefs? And then they will every once in a while. And they're like, oh, this shakes up everything. And then it doesn't. And we it, it won't shake anything up. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, we could talk about how that is in the in the NFC South. Like, I mean, of course, this is me being biased. Cause is there is there competition there? Uh, not anymore. Yeah, um, I was about to say, you know who I you know who I picked, picked to win the NFC South? The, the Panthers. Yes, sir. And that, and that boy Teddy Two Gloves. Teddy Two Gloves. <laughs> that boy Teddy Two Gloves gonna be like, you know what? Uh, Christian McCaffrey ain't around no more. This is my team now. I'm running this bitch. Right. <laughs> but what's crazy though is, and this is something I I like to bring up. Uh, I know we don't like to talk about the past and all that, but like honestly, at one point Falcons the NFC South, yeah, <laughs> Cowboys fans more than us, so don't even do that. That's real. That's real. That's real. <laughs> and even talking about even victories fans, on VHSs. I still ain't seen a Falcon or I still ain't seen a Cowboys victory on DVD. Let's not even go to Blu-ray. Hey, like, you know, but anyway, um, I try not to bring up old shit simply because if I bring up old shit as a Falcons fan, the first thing that's going to get brought up is 28-3. So right. that's why I like to leave shit in the past. But when I look at the competitiveness of competitiveness of the NFC South back probably around that same time with the Saints, I mean, the Bucs weren't, the Bucs still weren't that great, but the four teams in the NFC South against each other were probably some of the most competitive I've ever seen. I mean, we would go back and forth with the Saints, which fuck the Saints, it's always fuck the Saints. Uh, you know, we don't like the Panthers either, but we could deal with them when they had Cam Newton. And, you know, you got Jameis Crab Legs back then, too. That um, boy, Crab <laughs> motherfucking Legs. <laughs> yeah, I got Butterfingers. Yeah, I throw interceptions. Do you not taste these Crab Legs? They delicious. But guess what? I'm throwing touchdowns, too, my nigga. Right. I am throwing touchdowns, too. <laughs> but... Look at the four quarterbacks in the NFC South during that time. Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Cam Newton, and Crab Legs. Uh, this is where I talk about, like, I think we talked, well, I wanted to say something about this Tuesday, but, uh, you know, Drew Brees is one of those people that could be considered an elite quarterback as well, 
because of his stats. But his age is getting to him much like Julio's age is getting to him. Even though they play two different positions, they're they're starting to feel the effects of how long they've been in the league. Wait, wait, wait. But, so 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 are you saying that Drew Brees is just a stat stuffer and he is not a great quarterback? No, he's a great quarterback. Are you sure? But he, He's, I think he's a great quarterback. And this is me as a Falcons fan saying Drew Brees is a great quarterback. Are you uh, positive? At least against the Falcons. Because <laughs> I have some things to say about Drew Brees, and it is not on that light. Let's hear what you got to say then. Face <laughs> <laughs> fans are about to be pissed for this one. Oh. Um, <laughs> And that's what I like. Let's piss off some Saints fans. Let's go. I think Drew Brees is a bum. Oh shit! <laughs> and this isn't even <laughs> this isn't even on recent shit. I I have never look look. This is my thing with Drew Brees. He's not cool. He's not mm. cold. I I don't even know if I he's he's I right. he's I. Right. <laughs> And recently, he is starting to show the eyedness that I've seen for quite some time. Mm. Like, you have the the Saints, and I don't knock teams for this, so I don't want people to be like, oh my god, you're doing the same shit talking that most people do. I, mm. I, I am not knocking the Saints for creating a system and putting the right weapons around Drew Brees. I don't knock that. That's what you're supposed to do as a good football organization. You are supposed to Build from your nucleus, whatever that strength is, whether if it's the running game, whether if it's your quarterback in the passing game, whether if it's the speed of your wide receivers, okay, you draw up routes to be able to put them in open space and let their speed, you know, do that. Or if it's your defense, okay, you know, we have a great linebacking core, a great secondary. We play lockdown D. All we need is our offense to be able to put points on the board and we'll close yeah. the game out. Wherever that is, like, you build from that team. That's what intelligent organizations do. I believe that Drew Brees is just in the great conversation because of the length of time he's been in the league and the type of players that have been around him to put the stats that he has on the board. It's just, I feel the same way with Michael Thomas. I do not believe Michael Thomas is the elite, illustrious wide receiver that everyone sets out for him like that he is. I'm sorry. Defenses have to load the box against the Saints because Alvin Kamara is that guy, which leads to Michael Thomas either being singled or doubled high. He is a very good route runner, so he can find himself getting open. He has a very good catch radius. So if a ball is near his area, he is going to be able to catch it. Does he do it in clutch situations? Not all the time. That's a huge miss for me. Right. Is his availability always there? He gets hurt sometimes. That's a big hit for me. Does Drew Brees not get him the ball in the best situations? There are times where Drew Brees throws the ball so low or so far away from him. When he does make those great catches, it puts him in situations where he's going to get hit in a vulnerable position or he goes right out of bounds or he goes out of bounds when he needs to stay in bounds to keep the clock running. Those are very important things. And I have never been a fan of Drew Brees' vision. Now, Saints fans, sure, be mad at me. Or, sure, go clip 
a whole bunch of Drew Brees highlight reels or whatever the fuck. But as I said before, I believe that the NFL is a what have you done for me lately league. And what has he done for you lately? What has Drew Brees done this season? Literally proven the exact point I just said. That motherfucker's a bum. And I'm sticking with it. I don't give a fuck. How many times you ask me who that is, I'm going to say who that is Drew Brees being a motherfucking bum. And that's that's it. You, you're not going to be able... I mean, you could probably convince me otherwise if you came at came at me with some real shit. But once again, if you were to ask me in the past five years, hey, who would you want as your starting quarterback? Drew Brees would have never been in a conversation. I would have never said Drew Brees. I think... No, I'm not going to say that Matt Ryan is better than Drew Brees. I'm definitely not going to say that. But <laughs> nah, because even even because Drew Brees has a Super Bowl, <laughs> Matt Ryan doesn't. Yeah, he does have a Super Bowl, and he went against a very good team to win that Super Bowl. So I I can't take that away from him. Cannot take that away. But I just I, I think the hype around Drew Brees, and I almost get I get very mad when I uh when I'm watching, especially Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football loves loves to put every stat up that Drew Brees has won, everything that he's broken on Monday Night Football. But I remember when he came out uh, against the Bucks and wore those Monday Night Football cleats and had like his records and shit on them, mm-hmm. and then they got stomped by the undisciplined, can't-really-play-good-football Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I was like, you see, you stupid bitch, that's what you get. Like, <laughs> you... <laughs> You deserve that. You try to come out here and flex with some cleats after the off-season bullshit that you went through. Like, oh, I expected after that, Drew Brees would have came into the season real quiet. And, and then he had the nerve to try to flex on him and wear, like, some Mr. WrestleMania football cleats. And that shit didn't work out for him because I felt like there were some people that was ready to put some hands on Drew Brees, and it happened. And that boy looked fucking frazzled. But yeah, no, man, I'm going to be real. You know, we have very good mutual friends that are Saints fans. Yeah. And uh, if they got shit to say about it, they can come on the fucking show. Because (laughs) 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 that's that's the new line now. If you got to come to me with anything every Tuesday and Thursday on the Podbean app live, you can download the app and jump on this bitch. And you can see if you can test your hood against mine, because I guarantee you. I could pull a rabbit out the hat way faster than you can. So that's all that is. And I know that for a F-A-C-T. Facts. Big facts. But with that being said, my God, Norris, I appreciate you. I am going to head to a break and then I'm going to finish up this show. Um, You have a peaceful day i'm sure i'll talk to you pretty much right after this but right um, <laughs> and uh we're, we're gonna see where Le'Veon bell lands in the next couple hours for sure we'll see if the atlanta falcons continue to uh i don't know destroy Implode. their franchise yeah because um as of right now their facility is shut down and there is no telling uh who in that roster is going to take that as well we're going to uh, magic city or something who fucking knows and 
Uh, everybody loves them some blue pepper, lemon peppers. So, man, look, ain't nothing wrong with Magic City. Magic City is the best strip club in the world. I don't care what nobody say. Hey, and but that's uh, me as an Atlanta native. But hey, you know, Terry Crews said defund Magic City. So <laughs> we can already defund Terry Crews. We already know how. <laughs> like. Uh, we're not going to even talk about that motherfucker because hey, I like oh, America's Got Talent, so I I I got to see and, him on that. I guess. Well, I mean, I like freaking the Mad Singer, but you know, Nick Cannon ain't got a show right now. Anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm the same way. I look at Nick Cannon, I'm like, mm, didn't didn't Eminem off you already? Like, how you still got a show? Can we can we bring in Carson Daly? Is Carson Daly still hosting shows? Can we get that motherfucker <laughs> on the show real quick? Matter of hey. fact. Where is my people from 106 and Park? Let me <laughs> can we get them a, yeah, can we get AJ and free a motherfucking show? <laughs> I need to figure out what's going on. Anyways, with that being said, I'm gonna go to this break. Norris, I appreciate you for calling in. You my guy. I appreciate you having me, man. Yes, uh, sir. I'll probably be back on <laughs> at some other point. So. Oh, of course, of course, of course. So I'm gonna head to this break. My guy, I appreciate you to everyone else. I will see you on the other side of this break.
Well, we're back. That was uh, quite an interesting conversation with uh, my boy Norris. As he said, uh, in part of our conversation, he is a now kind of a, you know, pseudo Chiefs fan after the constant lifelong heartbreak <laughs> of being a Falcons fan. I've said to plenty, I've said to plenty, hey, if you uh, if you want to jump on the bandwagon, I, I ain't even mad at it. I know a lot of people are like, yo, you supposed to protect your team. This for real fans, but yo, sometimes <laughs> sometimes this shit just hurt too much. Sometimes it's just time to go. And I get it. I get it. I really do. I really do. But with that being said, uh, I'll tell y'all about what's uh, kind of going around the league right now. Uh, right now, for my Vikings fans, which I mentioned, uh, Dalvin Cook is now not practicing again. Uh, if you haven't kept up with that, I mean, there's there's injuries and sicknesses going, and this is outside of COVID, uh, happening all around the league. Uh, but it, it's definitely something to monitor now going into what I feel is the thick of the season, you know, six, seven, eight weeks, you know, rolling into halfway through. This is when teams should be uh, catching their steam. This is when they should be finding their identity. And when your star players are, you know, starting to get knocked out, that's something to uh, pay attention to. Or if your team is picking up star players, something to look into. Uh, Also, Brown's head coach, Kevin Stefanski, uh, he also let the press know that Odell Beckham was sent home today from practice uh, with an illness. And it was just used as illness. It wasn't uh, said what it could be, if it's COVID related, if it's a stomach illness, you know, anything like that. Speaking of stomach illness, uh, Dwayne Haskins also out of the facility. Uh, he just came in to test, a te- well, COVID test, and then that's it. Um, he was dealing with uh, some kind of a stomach virus or flu, uh, things of that nature. I find the timing very odd. Um, I haven't talked about the Washington football team too much, but I find it very odd that his uh, illness that is uh, materialized out of somewhere also happened to happen the same week that he was demoted to QB3 um, as Kyle, Kyle Allen. Whew. I don't know why that was so difficult to say, but as he was promoted to QB one and as Alex Smith is now QB two, Dwayne Haskins is now possibly uh, on the trading block, which is wild because he doesn't have much of a resume to uh, present to any team. And that makes it hard. You can't, you can't package up him and expect to get a first round pick. He hasn't played like one. He was one. Hasn't played like one. I also don't know of any team that is willing to put the steam behind him that don't already have their eyes on someone else that is coming up in the draft next year. Um, Do you think the Jets go after him? No, because once Sam Darnold's healthy, they have Joe Flacco. Uh, Do you think the Colts look after him? No. That's not going to happen. Do you think the Broncos and their QB locker room that seems to be snapped by Thanos? Do you think they'd go after? Maybe. 
actually that that's probably the the one team that I'm like, mm, but I don't think this is gonna be real. I don't think the Broncos want Dwayne Haskins and his skill set. Because honestly, I don't really know what Dwayne Haskins' skill set is. Um, he's shown flashes, but flashes aren't going to get you to another team. Flashes aren't going to get a franchise to get behind you with how young you are and how low your resume is. Um, flashes isn't, that's not just, it's not going to work. Um, so, like I said, Dwayne Haskins' illness seems very uh, interesting. Um, also, Sean Sean McDermott from the Buffalo Bills um, told the media and expressed how they were looking in to the Le'Veon Bell situation. Um, the The quote from him is, we always look into every situation, this being one of them. Trying to improve our football team, that's all I can say right now. So there's a possibility that the Buffalo Bills are actually very, very in this conversation. Usually in the media, when they, you know, cut off their talks or anything like that, um, you know, that's a, a, a big telling sign that, okay, there's probably something in the works. But also, I mean, think about it. As you were sitting on the couch watching Buffalo versus the Titans, if you were Le'Veon Bell and you just got released from the Jets, did you watch that game and you're like, <clears throat> Yeah, I could make us win that game. I don't think so. Because if I'm watching that game, I'm like, mm, that looks like the situation I just got released from. That looks like the situation that I'm not really about. And from what I've heard during the trade talks, these same teams that are very interested in getting him were in conversation in the trade talks, but the trade talks were just too hefty. And teams didn't want to either spend the draft capital or the player or monetary capital to be able to get him. So now that he's released, those talks not only continued, but they can escalate very fast because, well, if the draft capital or the monetary capital is what was holding you back, that is now not a thing. Especially in the fact that the Jets still, you know, Le'Veon Bell is still paid by the Jets. So money is not a huge factor. You don't have to pick up a big contract now. Like there's, there's a lot of things that helped uh, Le'Veon Bell get to a winning team by getting released. For those that don't know that. Uh, also, the Titans are starting to make positive moves by moving people off and activating them uh, off of the COVID-19 reserve list. So the Titans are starting to trend in a upward upward direction, which is good. But it seems like it's a give and take type thing. If there's a team that is going down the tubes and falling apart because of this invisible enemy of COVID-19, it seems that another team just happens to fall in that same direction. And for people that are like, we need to cancel the season. We need to go into a bubble. We need. I, I addressed this in the last episode, but I will touch on it again. One, the bubble thing is a little ridiculous unless we get to the playoffs. Playoffs, I think it's a little, a little bit more manageable, but you have to realize these teams are 
three times the size, especially including their staff and equipment management, like all of that, three to four times the size as a NBA team who recently did the bubble. So it is so much harder to house and keep contained and all that with all these people. So maybe not even a playoff bubble. Maybe once you get to your conference championships, maybe once you get to your AFC conference, uh, when your AFC championship game and your, and your NFC championship game, then maybe that's when you go to your central location. You have those four teams there. You play those games. That central location would be in Tampa. And then, then that rolls over to the Super Bowl. Is there still going to be a two-week break from the Super Bowl? I believe so, even with the canceling of the Pro Bowl. Now, I believe they will still do some kind of event that is like a Pro Bowl event or something of that nature. I believe, hey, I would be cool with just having a Madden tournament with your players that are from the Pro Bowl. I wouldn't be a, I mean, they did a Madden tournament on ESPN during the initial lockdown of this pandemic. I wouldn't be mad at any of that. That's just my suggestion. Uh, but that's that. Um, also, uh, with the Falcons, not only was it players that tested positive, but also they had a assistant coach that has a confirmed positive as well. So this uh, this has gotten real interesting. Um, and as things go, like I said, there will be more that goes about of of you know, who tested positive, what's going on, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's it's real interesting. Also, for some Chiefs news, right now the presser for the Chiefs is happening right now. Um, right now, Chiefs injuries, we got Anthony Hitchens, linebacker, who is sick, not of COVID, just sick. Uh, Anthony Sherman, who was, it was put out that, Anthony Sherman got put on the COVID list. So everyone was like, oh shit, Sherm's got COVID. Uh, actually, it was due to the uh, back tracing of the contact tracing. Um, they are doing extra testing to see if he does, but they have isolated him from the team. So if he does test positive, he doesn't continue to uh, spread it. So that is that. Andy Reid has already been asked about Le'Veon Bell. Andy Reid says, Brett Veach is working through all that. I tell him if something happens, let me know. So as of right now, everything is still in the works. Um, very similar answer to what Sean McDermott said about the Bills. So Le'Veon Bell is still up in the air. I will give my quick opinions on that because I feel like I've just voiced them on Twitter. I've not said it yet in the show. This has happened before. When Le'Veon Bell went into free agency um, after the, you know, the whole Steeler mishaps and all that, everybody was saying Le'Veon to, to Kansas city. And at that point in time, we didn't have a, I want to say a true number one running back that everyone believed in. Um, so that's where, that's where KC really wanted uh, Le'Veon to come to was to us. And 
at that time, I was like, mm. I mean, it'd be cool. I, I actually voiced some excitement at that time. This time, I'm, I don't I don't think so. Um, what really bothers me is the fandom that have been praising this move to happen, but have been fighting for Clyde to get more touches. Clyde has shown, even in space, closing space, even with a collapsing hole due to an offensive line that hasn't really gelled together just yet, um, or due to just the right defensive play call, he can still be productive. No, it's not the 80 to 100 yards for a touchdown or two type of game, but Clyde is still showing what he did in LSU and that as he gets more reps, this this will become a very good thing. I believe it it, it is one offensive lineman away, and I I believe Coleccio Simley was that guy. But due to the fact that he tore two uh two he tore tendons in both of his knees, that's a hard hit to deal with. Now, do I think Clyde and Le'Veon Bell is a great one-two punch? Absolutely. Do I think if we get him on a vet men one-year deal, it could be something like when we added Terrell Suggs last year to our defensive pass rush? I think it could be something on that lines. But I'm not all in on the fact that we already have, we just uh, activated DeAndre Washington. We have Darrell Williams and we have Darwin Thompson, who from due to his tweets, looks like he may see that he could be out of the door. I don't know why Chiefs fandom is like, let me on bail, let me on bail, let me on bail. We have options. We've only lost one game. But Chiefs Chiefs fans got, I'm going to be real, we got spoiled in this past year because we went almost an entire year. Last time we lost a game before this previous one was in November of 2019. And then we went on and won the Super Bowl. We got very conditioned very fast of being a winning organization. And matter of fact, we have been a winning organization. But as far as playoff winning, we have not until the past two years. And Chiefs fans got spoiled because we got this one loss and everybody was ready to fucking quit. (laughs) And it happened really fast. But also, the national media was ready to quit on us. They were like, oh, the Chiefs have been figured out. Oh, there's a scheme out there to beat the Chiefs. It was just like when the Patriots slowed down our offense. There's a blueprint to beat the Chiefs. No, there isn't. There's not a blueprint for Tyreek Speed. There's not a blueprint for the IQ of Travis Kelsey. There's not a blueprint for what Pat Mahomes can do on the field. There's not a blueprint for the grittiness that Tyron Matthew, Frank Clark, and Chris Jones brings on defense. Like, there's not a blueprint for those things. But even great teams lose games. It happens. So, we'll see. I I remember when we were supposedly figured out last year. And we weren't. (laughs) 
I remember when we lost a game last year and we won the Super Bowl. I think Chiefs fans just need to sit back and remember that this shit wasn't, you know, so sweet just a couple years ago. Enjoy what's happening. Because I guarantee you, we are probably going to lose another game sometime this season. But I also guarantee you, we will be in the playoffs. I guarantee you, we will see the AFC Championship again. I guarantee you, we didn't just spend half a billion dollars on Pat Mahomes for us to go 8-8. Eight eight. I promise you. But with that being said, this is the end of episode two. I appreciate everybody that has uh, been a part of uh, this episode, whether if you were in the live chat, whether if you called in, shout out to my guy Norris. Um, it it was very interesting uh, hearing from a Falcon source. Um, and that's going to be the plan of this show. We're going to connect with everybody, whether if you're a Vikings fan, a Cowboys fan, a Bears fan, a Detroit Lions fan, you, no matter the fandom that you have, whether if it's football, baseball, basketball, uh, music, video games, we will talk everything. And with that being said, we're going to keep a close eye on where Le'Veon Bell lands. We're going to Keep an eye on the games for this weekend. I didn't get into predictions and all of that uh, just because I enjoyed the conversation uh, that I had with Norris that I didn't want to get into who's going to win what and all of that. Matter of fact, I will do a few polls on Twitter. And if you follow me on Twitter, which you can find my Twitter in the about page, you can also find my Instagram in the about page. Um, and then you can join my discord that we do uh, meetups for video games, also talk shit for football and all that. Basically, everything that is done here uh, is also done in the discord. Um, I will do some polls and we'll see how everybody feels about their team. And I will put maybe three to four games up that happened this weekend and you guys can vote on who is going to win. Also. For those that couldn't catch this live, you can watch this. Or if you didn't catch all of the show and you want to go back and see, you know, more of the conversation that happened, or maybe you missed the, the call in by Norris, you can catch this now anywhere that podcasts are streamed. And I mean anywhere, not just here on Podbean, um, due to the uh, awesome partnership with Kansas City Podcast Network, uh, the Voice of Fandom podcast will be streamed on the KCPN app that is available on iOS and also Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else that you would like to stream your podcast. So when this is done, it gets sent to the head honcho and it gets posted there. So if you got Spotify, you can still catch me. If you got Apple, you can still catch me. Matter of fact, if you have Apple, you should download the KCPN app to be able to stay in touch with myself and all the other creators that are part of the Kansas City Podcast Network. 
family. Also, big shout out to Total Sports Kansas City. Once again, this Dante Hall jersey is cold. I can't believe I, I'm telling you, the teenager in me was wanting to do backflips the second that I opened it up and saw a signed Dante Hall jersey in the envelope. Follow them on Twitter. Uh, like I said, Kansas City, Kansas City Sports, total Kansas City Sports. I might make a, a song out of that. I don't know. Anyways, I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Once again, we're going to be here every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, next Thursday is my birthday. So the 22nd episode could be just, it could be incredible or could be awful. It depends on, uh, you know, what the, what the time of day is. Also, uh, next Tuesday, I plan on having a guest. We're going to talk some MLB. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of baseball. I feel like I've neglected baseball since starting the show. Um, so we're going to talk some baseball, especially with, uh, how things are going right now. They're starting to heat up. They're about to go into the big one. So that's something to look forward to on Tuesday. Um, and then Thursday is my birthday. So I would appreciate it if you guys, uh, followed, shared, uh, all of that stay interactive, uh, keep commenting, keep liking, um, all, all of those things. I really appreciate all the love that's been sent to me so far. And, uh, I am ready for everyone to enjoy the ride. So with that being said, I love you guys. I will see you on Tuesday. Discount Tire has just made tire shopping easier. Their touchless experience allows you to buy tires and book your appointment online. Then when you drive in, you can stay safely inside your car as the tires are installed. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Zenny offers prescription glasses starting at $6.95, as well as affordable sunglasses, blue blockers, and more. The best part? Try any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Visit zenny.com today and change the way you buy glasses forever.